Hello, everybody, and hello to the new faces uh, on my left, new faces on uh, new old faces, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. So the portion of this week is Pekude. When I say portion, I need to explain what it means. Every week, we read this different section in the Torah. So there is basically 53 sections, 52 weeks. So how is that divided? Sometimes you have holiday in between. So when you read the parsha, when you read the portion of that week, it's corresponding to the energy revealed at that week. So whatever's supposed to happen this week is condensed within the portion in the Torah. More you go deep into it, more you would know what's going on. So my job is to take whatever the Torah and deliver it to you the best way I can with some story, maybe we tell some jokes even, but it need it need to to stay it need to stay with you in a way that it will make a difference. That's the bottom line. It'll make a difference. So if you leave home, my home, tonight, and you didn't get anything, I did something wrong. What about you? Well, you know, it's up to the teacher to guide the students, not up to the student to say anything. It's my job to make sure you got it. So hopefully last week when we talk about anger, you did well, okay? It's too quiet. I guess you fell one time. You fell one time, okay. Fell one time. Me too, okay? So don't feel bad. Okay, it happened. But if we did less than we did last week, the week before, we did well. Parashat Kudai is talking about the structure, the infrastructure of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. And what is that about? We need to explain what it's all about. Well, when the Israelites left Egypt, they left with the consciousness of slave. You know, it's very difficult to take a slave mentality, mind of a slave, to change it into a leader. They were supposed to be a leader right away, 40 days after they left the slave mentality. What is a slave mentality? Slave mentality is hope that tomorrow will be a good day. A leader mentality, I'm going to make tomorrow a better day. I'm going to make tomorrow a better day. Slave mentality, I'm waiting why you don't love me, why you don't give me, why you don't take care of me. Am I right about what I'm asking? Of course. But I'm a kind of a victim.com kind of a feeling. But when a person is climbing into a level of a leader, say, so, well, it's up to me to make a difference. No, it's up to me. You know, there is a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Nachman of Breslev. And uh, today I was studying with my kids. And uh, something very nice that we come up with. If you believe that you did something wrong in your life, then you should be very happy. And I'll tell you what you should be happy about. Because you can change it. If you believe that whatever is going wrong in your life, it's not been done by you, maybe you should worry now. Because you would not know how to change it. But if you know that you did something wrong, then first stop doing it, and then slowly, slowly fixing it. It's up to you, up to the individual. That's the difference between personality of a leader, personality of a victim. We don't want to be on the victim side, but sometimes it's fun. It's fun blaming everybody else, fun blaming the waiters, the husband, the wife, the neighbors. It's fun. It's a little fun. But when you take charge and you become the leader, who are you going to blame? You look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's up to me to make a difference. So the, all what we're going to do tonight is give you different tools, different idea, uh, different section from the Zohar, hopefully, to guide us into how we build the different type of infrastructure in our life. Now, the structure in your life, you have to choose tonight. What do you want? What, where do you think you need better structure? Is it your relationship? Is it your health? Is it your money? Is it your well-being? Is it your happiness? Where, where, do you, where is it that it's missing? And according to the Zohar, according to the wisdom of Kabbalah, according to the wisdom of the Torah, 
the, the structure of the Mishkan, that's why it's called Mishkan for Shekhinah. Shekhinah means dwelling, the, the energy of the Creator was dwelling within that structure, was basically something that called in Kabbalah curtain or Masach. And that curtain is capable not to allow the blessing to come in. Why would I want to build something that preventing something to come into my life? Because a person is defined not by the achievement. A person is defined by how much can you say no to something that you are a slave to. So if, let's say, let's say if some of us like sugar, I don't know about most of you, I guess not. You know, some of us like chocolate. And they're right, do I have my chocolate there? But there is a stop sign there too to remind you. Like, you're not supposed to finish the whole bar. You're supposed to look at it, buy it, and go home. You know, but that's home. So let's go back there. So the point is, when you're not capable to say no to yourself or something, the blessing will be the ability to say no. And that's the Mishkan. So the creator is light. It's an energy. It's not a physical thing. Us is energy within physical thing called the body. The connection is the Mishkan, is the tabernacle. It was built right after the, the golden calf, after they did the scene of the golden calf. It was built because through that building, we can raise our consciousness, which is all what we need to raise is the mind, is the mind. Then you raise the talk, then you raise the action. Okay, remember, mind, talking, action. Those are the three behavior of every human being. You can tell about a person how they think, how they talk, how they behave. Those are the three things when you look at people. Those of you still single, you're going on a date. Three things. What they're thinking, what they're saying, what they're doing. And the act has to be an act of sharing because the natural tendency of the body is to take. That's what the Mishkan is about, reflecting. I'm teaching my body, no, no, and again, no. I'm teaching my body how to behave. And by doing that, I'm building my own Mishkan for that reason. Build me a temple or build me a Mishkan or build me a tabernacle and I will dwell within you. It is I will dwell within that. I will dwell within you. Why is it saying within you? Because there is a daily thing that we have to do. How do I drive? How do I behave? How do I restrict myself? How do I say no to myself? How do I say yes to a charity that I don't want to say yes to charity? You know, sometimes I'm not in the mood to give. And that person come behind my back and say, I want one dollar. No. And he come again, I want, what are you going to do? It's a test. We can say just no and goodbye and move on with life. Or we can say maybe it's a test. Now, every person has to ask themselves. I cannot tell you what your thing is, but you're going to feel it. You're going to feel what's the right thing. Okay. Now, let's, let's dig more into it and understand what exactly happened at Tabernacle. Basically, people brought money in to build it. And they brought something called machatzita shekel, half a shekel. Now, why half a shekel? I mean, they are so cheap that they have to cut the shekel by half and say, hey, this is half, this is half. Why is that? Because first we need to understand that in this life, we always need another person. We always need another human being in our life. One of the things that exists in our universe right now, in our world right now, is loneliness. Loneliness is one of the most difficult things that exists in our world. It's not the heart disease, it's not the cancer, it's not loneliness. There's nothing more painful for a person to be alone. Nothing is more painful because you're missing something. You, you want to be socially with another human being. Then, if you have already a friend, then you have to upgrade your friend. So you're doing different things to connect. Machatzit shekel. if you look at the word machatzit, af, 
the letters, those of you who know Hebrew, when you take the word machatzit, the end of the letters is mem and taf, being met, met, dead. The, the closest letter to the letter tzaddik is chai, alive, alive. And the middle letter is tzaddik. Stand for tzedakah, stand for tzaddik, stand for the ability to give. You know, what is giving actually in the end of the day? What is giving? Giving is going against my will to give. Now I can give. Like I remember when I arrived to Boca Raton, Florida, those of you who have ever been there. So I remember that it was a lot of generous neighbors. I thought they were generous. But they dump on me all kind of things that they cannot use in their house. Bicycle with one wheel, you know, uh, uh, oven that doesn't work. And they said, we would like to donate to you. You seem like a spiritual guy. And I end up having so many things that I don't need. Now they dump, I, I use the word dump. They say, donate. But it wasn't a donation. What is a donation? What is a tzedakah? Is when you give something that means something to you. Not something that just means something to them. You have to say, I have a loaf of bread. I'm going to give half of it for the other person. That's where spirituality begins. People think spirituality begins with the yamaka or with the tzitzit, or with the, how many hours you study Torah. The beginning of all spirituality begins with sharing. That's the bottom line. How you give it? And it doesn't have to be all the time money. Good words, good compliment, a nice letter, a postcard, or something, something that will make the other person feel good. And it's something that will make you put an effort into it. If you didn't put effort into your giving, then your giving is, is a nice thing, but it's only giving. You have, to, you have to go to some type of a little pain when you give it. So if you have $2 in your pocket and somebody asks you for one, think maybe you should give two. Maybe you should give two. Just because it's uncomfortable. Not because... It's a good thing for the other person because I know a lot of people calculating who know what he's going to do with the money. He's going to buy drugs and alcohol and this and that and he's going to kill himself with the pills and, da, 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 da. and all this calculation. Well, we're not God. We don't know. We will do the best we can to help people and we do the best we can to help organization the best way we can. But remember, Machatzita Shekel was to build the tabernacle. The half a shekel, meaning that we need each other. Together we can make a difference. If you try to do something alone, not only you're wasting your time, it's not fun. Not fun. Yesterday we had a small meeting, our group. It was a little bit rough. I mean, we talk about open about everything. But the beauty about it that I felt it was a unity after that. It was something happened. We were, the machatzit was finding each other. Every half of shekel, find each other. And when you find each other, it's, it's a good match. Because through that, you can make a difference. Now, the idea when you give that donation, I'm reading now from Sfat Emet, one of the Kabbalists who write commentary on the Torah, okay? So how do you, why do you need to count that money? You know, when you're counting money, you're counting people, it brings evil, it brings a curse. You cannot count. The old person has the tradition that they don't count the money twice. You know, they count the money one time and they give it to the bank. That's old person. I, I don't think we have old. I'm talking about old, like under 30 years old. So we, we don't have them here with us anymore. But that's, I have some good teacher from Persia who teach me that. Now, when you are getting into the idea of counting money or counting this, is bring curse. So why are they counting the money here? The, the, the Torah is asking, why counting the money? And the answer they gave is very beautiful. When, when you are looking at your money, when you look at every coin, and you look at every quarter you have, and say that quarter came from the light of the Creator. That money comes from a blessing. Then even if you count it, that money is not become limited with a curse. 
But if you're just counting and counting and counting, there are some sick people, it's a disease actually. People who keep counting how much they have in their wallet. It's a tradition, they go to the wallet, they get the money out, and I, I saw it, unfortunately, I will mention it again, we have to add it on the camera. I saw it one time when you sit on one of those public toilets, you know, sitting and I see a wallet come down and the money come down, and there is a person who starts counting. It's, 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 a, it's a counting thing. Maybe I, it was a drug dealer, I don't know the story. But I was safe after that. So the, the, idea, the idea is to get to a place, to get to a place that you're not counting it as it's yours, you're counting it as a gift that comes from above. Then there is no curse that's happening. There's no curse that's happening to the money. There is no curse that's happening to your success. Your success has to be connected to the divine, connected to where it's come from, and then it's a blessing. But when you count it as, that's mine, and that's mine, I have two cars, I have two TV, I have this, I have that, I have, you disconnect yourself from the blessing, it's not gonna work. That's what brings Ainara. That's what brings evil eye. So when people have afraid of Ainara, or you call it Cheshvebad, or, or the other word, or Malochio, I don't know how many languages we have here. So, in Yiddish, I don't know, Kenara. Yeah, Kenara, right? See, I'm, I'm working on my Yiddish. So the, the point is, is to, get, to get to a place that when people start counting what you have, it truly can bring a curse. It's truly, but if they count what you have and the connecting is how beautiful the blessing that God gave you, then you don't have to worry about Ainara. Remember that, please, okay? And we continue with the infrastructure of spirituality. That's what I'm sharing with you tonight because everything is going back to the infrastructure of spirituality based on whatever you need. You have to ask yourself tonight and write it down on your, on your mind or on your phone. What is that you need in this week? What type of infrastructure did you need to work for you this week? Because it's available for all of us. What is that exactly you need? Is it your children? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it... The a couple, a soulmate, a love, a happiness, more money in my account. Whatever it is not working, this week has the ability to do so. Now, remember, before the, the golden uh, calf, before the eagle, before that scene, basically every person was elevated to the level of an angel. After the scene, unfortunately, we all fell. Now, what does that mean to fall down spiritually? You have to do an action. Before the eagle, before the golden calf, you didn't need to do an action because we say na'asevenishma. We will do and we will listen. We didn't say we will listen and we will do, we will do. So because we agreed to we will do, we don't need to do anything anymore. We just have to listen and spiritually connect. But because the golden calf took a place, we have to do. So that's why every mitzvah, everything that we do right has to include action with it. You cannot just, I meant it. Some people say, I meant to do good, I meant to help you, but I didn't show up. So the bottom line in this universe, the infrastructure of this olamasiya, where we are, is based on one thing, action. Action. So the bottom line is action. You want to help someone? Help. Don't talk. Don't think. Just jump before you change your mind. Just jump out. Before you. you want to pick up some uh, dishes from, uh, from, uh, from the table and uh, wash them in the middle of a dinner. Go ahead and do that. Don't say, I think I'm going to pick up the dishes from the table and wash them. No, 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 no. Pick them up. No more talking. That's after the golden calf. Before the golden calf, you can talk. All the men will do well. But after the golden calf, you know, it's women time. Why women? I mean, if you're asking, women come from Asiya. You know, they come from Malchut. They come from the practicality of life. They are the, the, the women themselves. It's called the Masachim. They are the one who manifest the men. Where a man bring light, bring a certain energy, 
Without a woman, it cannot manifest that energy. It can't. It's just, it's impossible. For that reason, the Zohar right that a man that finds himself no woman next to him, it's very difficult for him to reveal this energy. Very difficult. Now, some men will complain all the time about the wife. They come to me and say, ah, my wife, I'm not sure. Say, she's your soulmate? And they love the concept of soulmate. They're always loving it. Huh? Well, if you ask, I think she's not my soulmate. You know, they, they, they jump on that thing. What is a soulmate? Soulmate is basically who connect you to the nefesh, ruach, and the Those three levels. Mind, talk, and action. Now, if you're waiting too long to find your soulmate, you most probably use this as an excuse. No, don't wait too long. Enough with that soulmate uh, dream. If it happened, it happened. Bullshit. If love happened before soulmate, it's better. If soulmate happened before love, uh, somebody tricking you or you're tricking yourself. So get out of that dream of soulmate and go after the dream called love. You heard about that love? No longer, right? Love is kind of went to the garbage and new thing is out. Soulmate. What is soulmate? I can hate you, but you are my soulmate. No, <laughs> it's about loving, guys. It's about loving each other. And it's not about how much I love you when I love you. It's how much I love you when I'm not into you. When I'm not into you, you know, when I'm not, I'm not loving you and uh, you gotta find something to love. And uh, that busy, I'll tell you a story when the beginning of our marriage. You know, I, I'm a little bit as my kids and my wife always give me that name. I'm a little bit, uh, What's the words for it? Meticulous. That's what they call me, Mr. <laughs> Meticulous. I'm better now. I'm much, much better, you know? So I have to think with the key. I don't know. From another lifetime, I have this key with keychain. It's all my life the same. I'm a nerd a little bit with that. And when uh, <laughs> I met Debbie, Debbie will be bad. Debbie's a little different. She's more light, as they are called, Beseda, you know, everything is okay. So we live in the valley at the time, we live in Tarzana. And uh, we had one baby, I think two babies already, Michael and Yuda. And we had two babies, double stroller. And uh, I bought Debbie a gift, but it was a selfish gift. I bought a, a keychain the size of bigger than my hand. It's red wallet, and the keys are inside, so you cannot lose it. Because every time she used to say, I cannot find my key, I used to get uh, annoyed by that. Not annoyed, even angry. Let's, let's be honest here. So uh, I bought that. <laughs> and I remember that Saturday night, we were about to go home, the double store, they were ready to go. And uh, she said, I can't find my keys. And that, that word used to make me, uh, uh, seriously, uh, 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 I used to lose it. <laughs> I don't like that word. Didn't like it. Really didn't like it. So I'm sitting on a chair, and she's searching for a key. Searching. And I'm sitting on a chair like this. Like I'm looking to the ceiling. And she know me well. She come to me. I said, she said, did you have a key in your pocket extra? She said, I do. You know me. You know I do. I'm a nerd. I'm always going to have double and triples and this and that. He said, you make me look for the key like that? I mean, what is, what, you're sitting on the chair. And that's when she asked me the question. That's when I decided I, I got to change it. And she asked me, are you hoping I will not find the key? Or are you hoping I will find the key? And you got to tell the truth. I said, well, the truth, I was hoping you would not find the key so I can talk for two hours about it and I can give you the lecture, educate you, the meaning of life and all this and that. And this question helped me a lot. I don't know if it can help you. You know, when you do something, you have to ask yourself why you do what you do as you do it. Why? Why you do it? What's the purpose of it? And I find myself a lot of time doing mistake on things that I don't have to do that mistake. I shouldn't do that. Because later on, I'm not getting nothing out of it just for being right for five minutes. It's a waste. It's a waste of life. It's a waste of fun. It's a waste of everything. So the infrastructure of love or the infrastructure of 
relationship on the infrastructure of being happy, we got to move on. You know, we, gotta, we cannot get stuck only in details. Only if those details can help another human being but me, then I can get stuck in a detail. But if the detail is only serving me, I cannot do that. So building the Mishkan, building the tabernacle, you got to build something different. There's three things that I want you to think about as I'm speaking. What are you good at? What you're definitely not good at, okay? And what do you want to do about it? Meaning, what do you want to do with your life? Please remember, what are you good at? What you're not good at? And what do you want to do about it? Doing about it could be a job change. Doing about it, changing relationship. Doing about it is, I'm going to do something with what I'm good at. And I highly recommend, I mean, if you later on you will remember it or you can write it on your phone, it wouldn't bother me. Uh, write down to yourself, what do you think you're good at? What do you think you're not good at? And start from there. Because I see a lot of time people who coming for working with me, uh, a lot of time trying to change things that it's not going to happen. You know, it's those things that not going to change. It's not you. And they try to change it. Instead of using what they're good at and play it from there and then try to change one negative thing that you need to work on. Because you, you're going to get drained if you keep punishing yourself to do better. I, I never did ski in my life. I asked my friend, can I come with you to ski in Aspen? He went to Aspen and said, I think I'm, I'm coming to Aspen. My friend, he loved me very much. He said, no, you're not coming to Aspen. So I'm not coming to Aspen. I, I, I think I can do well. He said, no, Eliyahu, you know, did you ever ski before? I said, no. I think I have it. I have it. I feel, I see it in the movie. They go and, and, and this. And it doesn't look like a big deal. They just move the leg and everything's working. <laughs> Say, it doesn't work like that. He tells me it doesn't work, and I don't want you to start. I love you very much. You are my friend for 15 years. No. When I come to LA, let's go out. Let's have a good time. But no no ski. I don't want to take the responsibility. So if I will be one day good at ski, maybe. But, but at that moment that you don't want to invest the time to change that part, don't. Focus what you're good at and make that better every day. Better every day. I mean, if you see me try to wash dishes in this house... I've been fired every time. Why? Because they claim that I put a lot of, there is a lot of water that happened on the floor. <laughs> I don't see the point, you know? So I become the cook in the house. That's what I do. I'm doing years, 25 years I'm cooking, Habibi. That's it. But it's a good job. You cook, somebody wash. It's a good job. Going back to the thing, what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you're going to do about it. So please focus on what you're good at. And from time to time, once a year, only once a year, take one thing you're bad at, make it better. Don't make 20,000 things that you're not good at. Try to change them. One thing, one thing, one thing. If you can change one thing in a year, you achieve everything a person needs to achieve in this lifetime. Okay. Now, I would like to share with you a section from the Zohar. It's a beautiful section from the Zohar about Moses build the tabernacle. Because at the end of the day, they chose Moses to build the tabernacle because he was one of the richest men. Most people don't know that. Moses was a rich man. Today, we want the spiritual people to be poor and the business people to be rich. In those days, it was no different between you're rich, you can be spiritual. But, you know, I think religious people put in our brain that if you're spiritual, you have to be poor. Your, your pants has to be there. You have one shoes. You walk like that. Because the rich people feel better to give to somebody who needs them. But what if the spiritual person doesn't need you? He's a billionaire. Billionaire, rabbi billionaire. We're going to call him rabbi the billionaire. He's on a fortune uh, 
uh, magazine is unbelievable. Now he's coming, uh, he's going to tell you about the meaning of life, you know? Not from a business point of view, from a spiritual point of view. Uh, that's going to be an issue, right? I mean, that's going to be the issue. When he parked the car, it's actually Lamborghini. SUV, Lamborghini, park, and come. Think like that, why we can be sometimes limited in our brain that we think spiritual people has to be poor. We, somebody injected into our, and it wasn't too long ago, by the way. It wasn't too long ago when it happened. It wasn't too long ago when it happened. When I say not too long ago, it's not more than 1,500 years ago. So just to let you know, that's what I mean, not too long ago. No, seriously. I mean, if, if we think about Spiritual people, we want them to be poor. Moses was not poor. Rabbi Isaac Luria was a great businessman, wasn't poor. Rabbi Chaim Vital wasn't poor. So when you look at all those people, they were not poor. But some religious people want to make a picture of if you're spiritual, you shouldn't have money. It doesn't, it's not true, by the way. Moses was very wealthy, and he was one of the reasons he was the chosen one to build the tabernacle, because he was rich. So he would not steal the money of people because after that, all the people bring machatita shekel. You know how much money was that? I mean, we talk about all the people bring money and gold and everything. It's all going to his house. So it's true that people look at him and say, maybe he's stealing a little bit, maybe he's thanking for himself. But then, say, the man is the richest man in the camp. He doesn't need that money. And so everybody got relaxed. So you need to know that sometimes being wealthy is not like today being wealthy, we think of it in a different way, at least I used to think in a different way. And I will tell you a short story. When I was living in Florida, a gentleman walked into my office. The, his car was making a lot of noise. He was wearing a beautiful gold watch covered with diamond in every part of it. He has a bracelet here with another diamond. He has an emerald thing. And he has a beautiful, beautiful clothes that he's wearing. And he come to ask me for help to help him spiritually. And the truth, I'm sitting there looking at the car from the window, looking at him spirituality and this doesn't go together, right? At those days, that's what I was thinking. And he read me well. He looked at me and said, are you judging me? So I don't think I judge you. Say, you judge me because I'm rich? I said, what do you mean? Say, you look at me, you said, this guy's rich. There's no chance for you to be spiritual. You want the poor one, he told me. You want the one who's miserable so you can save them. He crushed me. His name is John, by the way. I don't remember his name. John. John. Very good, special human being. And he told me, listen, if you want to think different, you'll be successful. If you think different, he told me, change it. You know, because you think rich people don't have problem. That's what he told me. So you think if we have the golden watch, we don't have problem. If we have the fancy car, we have a different type of problem. Not money problem, but there is other type of problem. Then he opened up and said to him, I want to admit I did judge you. I judge you very badly. Can I be your friend? And he guided me and step by step, you know, he helped me a lot, actually. He helped me a lot. So Moses was rich. Don't judge rich people, please. When you see somebody drive with loud car, or no, they will drive convertible, and they think they're it, and they're number one, and all this and that, not necessarily that they're not spiritual. Don't do what I did, okay? Don't do what I did, because it's not always true. And it's not necessarily mean that the poor person is spiritual. So the Zohar go like this. Moses basically lift. The old tabernacle. Can you imagine to lift with a finger everything? Impossible. But the creator helped Moses to basically raise that tabernacle because the tabernacle represents our infrastructure. What infrastructure do you want to build this week? Please remind yourself, what do you want to build? And we continue. And it's like this. When 
When Moses saw an angel, it was an angel, a very negative angel, one of the worst angels that exists. I cannot say his name. I can only call him Sam. It's not the same American Sam. It's a different Sam. Okay? Moses basically, when the negative force come to bother him from building an infrastructure, and that will happen to each and every one of us, once you make a decision, let's say if tonight you make a decision to build infrastructure of relationship, infrastructure of money, you will have the negative force come and bother you. What is the first thing that the negative force does to people? Doubts. Uncertainty. Very simple. That's how you're going to get attacked. Once you get attacked with uncertainty, you know you've been attacked. Just smile. It's okay. I know, I know what, what I'm dealing with. Because to build something new, it takes it take time. Why Moses said to do it, besides he was rich, he was able to win that negative force. So a leader is not somebody who accomplished a mission. A leader is somebody who overcome a certain thing that prevented you from accomplishing the mission. Remember. So we accomplished some great things in our life. Oh, yes, we did it, we did it. Not enough. What did you overcome on the way there? If you're born with a certain ability, some people born with a very special ability. They're capable, they're smart or they're fast, and then they get money for it. Oh, you get money for that. You get recognition for that. Somebody born with a beautiful voice, they become a singer. What did they, how did they earn it? They didn't. They're a singer. They, they, they just speak, it's come out. Well, some people born rich, some people born wise. All those gifts that you're born with, if you didn't overcome something, you're stuck. There is a verse that's called Yagata Umatsata Tamin. You work hard, you found it, you shall believe. Found it. You work hard, you should say you earn it. No, the Pasuk, the verse say Yagata Umatsata. You found it. Because it doesn't matter how hard you work, everything should be considered as we found it. So you work hard on yourself, uh, let's say, to lose weight. You work hard on yourself to, to be in a relationship. You work hard on yourself to make a living. Whatever it is that you work hard on yourself, in the end is matzata, is you found it. Don't say, I earn it. Say, I found it. When you think of, uh, at, that life is like that, then every moment is happy. You're happy all the time. Because you're not saying, I worked so hard to get to this point, Finally, I got it. No, I worked so hard to get to that point, and somehow I found success. And then you're humble, and because you're humble, you're happy. Humble people smile. Egomaniac people are visible. What have you done for me today? What have you done for me today? Because you're always thinking about what's missing. There's people like that. What's missing? This is missing. That missing. This missing. And that missing. Not enough salt. Not enough oil. Not enough garlic. Not enough. Not enough everything. Nothing is enough. So Moses was able to overcome that specific thing. By that day the tabernacle took a place was Nisan. It was the month of Aries, the first day of Aries. In the month of Nisan, which is the month of fire, the negative force becomes stronger. That's what the Talmud is telling you. If you see a black bull, Okay, out there, I mean, we don't have black bull here. I mean, it's not Chicago, right? So, <laughs> yes, yes. So, if it's chasing you, you better hide. Only in the month of Nisan. 
That's what the Talmud telling you. Stay away from that. And it say, that force came to confuse him. Moses overcome that. Then he put all the Bishkan together. So Moses built it here, the infrastructure, and the Creator God agree with him in the upper world. So when you do something, that's another lesson about infrastructure. You have to have a partner. Partners cannot be just physical partner. You have to have another partner. So before you're doing something, let's say you're going to get married next week, so you're about to get married, you go talk to your creator. It used to be a, God, a, a book called um, Conversation with God, if I'm not mistaken. That was the name of the book. Long time ago, it was like a big one. Conversation with God. Sichot and Elohim. And in that, in that book, you know, the concept of talking to God every time is a very important thing. Before you get married, God, I'm about to get married. That's what I choose to my soulmate. I think this is the right choice. Please be with me. God, I'm buying a new business. Please help me with that. It's a partner that you have. Because when you build something infrastructure and God is not involved, it's nice. It's a building. It's a nice building. It's a nice place. It's a nice family. It's a nice kids. It's a nice husband. It's a nice wife. But it's a... The light need to be there. The light need to be there. The light need to be there. It's a very important lesson for us because if we don't get the light involved, nothing is involved. And um, yeah, yeah. I want to read to you another section. Your thing. If you have a question, any of time, just raise your hand and I will take the question. I just want to just finish this point. Yes, please, please. Let me put the glasses so I can read your lips. I don't hear very well. Yes. What? He lifted, I mean, of course, he didn't lift it physically. I mean, the creator left the tabernacle, but the creator wanted to make it seem as Moses did it. Because when you are a leader that cares about your people, the creator will come and make sure that everybody knows you are a good leader. You know? So... A lot of time when we do good things, we feel like we don't get the reward for what we're doing right now. Let's say you give charity and you feel, ah, look at my day of job, nothing worked. But you don't know, you never know. You never know how things work. Now, if, if we expect to get recognition for what we do, we're losing a little bit of the giving. Why? Because we are more busy with the recognition than what is the actual act. You know, we, we need to be busy with the act itself of giving, not with the act of what it's going to bring into my life. Yeah, it's very important. There's all talk about that section as well. I mean, not to look for recognition. It's not just charities, everything. You know, you, you're making coffee for someone. You're making tea. You want truly that they will enjoy the cup of tea. You really want them to enjoy the cup of tea. You're looking at them to see if they enjoy that cup of tea. And if... You are waiting for the thank you, kind of. That's all what you're waiting for. Thank you. Uh, what's going on? Thank you. What's going on? Thank you. Some people are fighting over forgetting the anniversary day. Fighting. Actually, there's a fighting. Oh, forgetting what's the name of the love day. Uh, Valentine. Valentine. Oh, they buy chocolate. Oh, what a fight. I mean, I mean, it's good for my business. I, I do consulting to people so they come and see me. <laughs> but I always tell them. Seriously? I mean, I forget. It's not what life is all about. A thank you letter. Thank you letter. Thank you letter. Thank you letter. So you live for the thank you letter. You're a victim. You're not a leader. But if you want to give somebody a gift, then give. 
But if they will forget about you, they remember you. Yeah. What, are you going to educate them to remember this? Again, you can tell somebody they did something wrong if it's hurting the crowd. If it's just hurting you, it's your tikkun. It's your karma. You have to go through that. But if you feel it start hurting other people, then you have to speak up. Excuse me, I don't think it's working here. I think you're doing something wrong. And then you can speak. Then you can say, I think it's... Uh, and sometimes you have to wait three months, sometimes six months, depends, until it's not bothering you personally. If it's bothering you personally, it cannot take. Sometimes take three months. I'm not joking. Sometimes six months, sometimes two years, sometimes three years. You know, until it's no longer bothering you. You cannot have attachment to what happened. And that's a difficult part. At least for me. I don't know about you. Maybe you are righteous and angels. But I know when I'm trying to do that, very difficult to keep my mouth shut, especially Israeli. I mean, I don't know if you... Just to be quiet for us, it's like an achievement, you know? <laughs> you know, it's true. It'll be like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But anyway, there is, there is a, talking about charity, because you mentioned that, and I, I was about to read something else, but it's a beautiful section. I sent it to my friend in New York. And it's, it's in the Gemara, in the Talmud, in a section called Megillah, Amud Kafret. They ask, Why you live so, such a long days? Why did you have a long life? They ask. I was Vatran. I was, uh, Vatran is not charitable. It's not sharing. Vatran, I was letting go of my money. I was letting go of my money. That's, that's Vatran. Like, I wasn't a big deal. Now, how does that look like? in our modern day. This was written 2,000 years ago. You know, sometimes there's people who are born with something called being cheap. There's people like that. It doesn't make them bad people, by the way. They're just cheap. It doesn't make them bad people. When you see a cheap person, don't hate them. It's a disease. It can be a mental disease, too. They're cheap. They feel they don't have enough. They always think they don't have enough. Always in their mind. They, they, it's a disease. I don't have. I don't have water. I don't have food. I don't have. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have. And that's why they can't give. They, they, they dying without knowing that they dying. Because if you don't give, you dying. So you recognize that if you go to a restaurant and there's 25 people and you eat in a fancy place, and they usually go to the bathroom when the bills arrive. They usually sneak into the bathroom. And when they arrive, their face go like this. Everything is okay here? That's the face. That's how you know. That's called a cheap person. Don't judge them. Don't give them the look. You can tell, talk to them aside. Because if you insult them, it's not nice. You have to talk to them aside. Being cheap is not good for you. You have to learn to give. If you don't have, you don't have, but give. You don't have money, give love. You don't have love, give letter, compliment, something. You have to be in a giving mode. To understand it, we have to go again to the Zohar to understand why it was so important that everybody will give donation to the tabernacle to build it. Everybody gave gold. Everybody gave silver. Everybody gave coppers. Everybody has to give. Everybody has to give. I mean, you cannot just inhale without exhale. You got to give. That's it. Stuck. I'm stuck with what I have. What about ex? You know, you got to, you have to let go a little bit, you know? So the idea is when a person does that, the giving, it's in Aramic, when a person starts to give something that he doesn't have to give, doesn't have to give, the persecutor, the negative side, which is negative angel who speak about us, negative, change into positive angel. We have within our power to change negativity to positivity through helping another human being. To helping another human being. It doesn't matter who you help. It doesn't matter who you, who you help. It doesn't matter. 
Just go and say sweet words to someone. You already help. And try it. I mean, take on yourself that this week, you know, somebody in the morning, you're going to be sweet to them. Somebody in the evening. And I will challenge you with one thing. Take one person, you're not into them. Really almost cannot stand them. But not your enemy. Don't do lawyers and problems like that. I'm not talking about... No, no. I'm talking about not your somebody who try, you know, enemy. I'm talking about like a little issue, a little issue. I have a few of those in my life. I have a few of those. And, and I'm trying. And I'm trying. I have these two, two guys who always ask me for donation every day. Every day. And, and I go and I said, listen, it bothered me a little bit. I tell you it's bothered me. I said, tomorrow they will not come because I told them what's bothered me. Tomorrow they... This morning again. <laughs> I said, wow, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This is really good for my ticket, really great. And I go, and I, after a week, I talk to them again. I said, listen, I, I really don't like what you and your brother are doing. Uh, so, of course. Uh, 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 uh. And they go, and the next day, I said, you know what? It's from, that's from, from, from above. This is, this is good. This is good stuff. I've done a story. I was in the valley, and uh, you, you might think I'm judgmental, but you might be right. And <laughs> it's a true story. I, I went and I see a family, uh, uh, a mother and three kids. It happened in uh, Sherman Oaks, and uh, I'm getting I'm getting shoes to my daughter, and uh, they come to me and said to me, "We need money to eat." You get the money to eat. This is not a joke. This is no longer. They don't need money. Food. You gotta say yes for food. So, of course, uh, I see my daughter in the store. I said, listen, I'm going to go with them. Across the street, there is a restaurant. Let's go. So I have to go fast. It's Friday. So okay, make them a sandwich, the, the, the four sandwiches, this, this and that, put whatever it is there. So the, 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 the 13-year-old kids, who doesn't look like he was fasting for the last two years, that's the part, <laughs> that's the part that you're going to tell them judgmental. <laughs> All right? You open your eyes. What can I do? I can't help it. You look. It was a lot of donuts. So bottom line, he tell me, no, I don't like that sauce. Can you, no lettuce, tomato. Do you have a gluten-free bread? <laughs> now I'm looking, this is look like the new idea of being poor all of a sudden. Like I'm looking, so okay, God, another test. Wow, this is unbelievable. Wow. And I'm looking, I said, okay, first you have to do it from your heart. You have to do it from your heart because I'm not doing it for my heart. I'm, I'm really upset now. I feel, being, I feel used. I feel abused. I feel it's not fair. But Rabbi Isaac Luria write, if on Friday somebody comes to ask you for food, no question been asked. He write it in his books. I said, okay, that's my infrastructure of spirituality. That's what I believe. It's my, what I follow. Got to do that. So I'm getting the sandwich. So what, what, the kids, what about drink? So okay, okay, I'm getting you for the refrigerator. <laughs> And I remember my daughter see me with the shoes. I'm going to pay for the shoes and all this and that. And they said, what happened? I said, oh, that doesn't matter what happened. I don't want to talk about what happened. Let's, let's drive home. Let's just out and home. We all going to have it. Part of life is to test us with our giving. And it's not just the people you don't know. It's even people in your life, children, people who are close to you, that you feel like they take advantage of you. They use you. Are you supposed to say no? You're allowed to say no. You're not to say no, but you have to feel when it's the right time to say no. Sometimes saying no to a president is actually giving. Sometimes it's giving. Sometimes it is giving. Saying no, it is giving. Depends on you. Depends on you. Depends on you. Sometimes saying no, it's sharing. You actually help more. 
Somebody asking for drugs or for a knife to kill themselves, saying no, it's actually sharing. You know, it's sharing, it's helping them, it's guiding them. Not always saying yes is sharing. So I'm, I'm showing you the both sides so you can build your own infrastructure of tabernacle. Because we're building tonight your mishkan, your tabernacle, your connection to the creator. Yes? What? Now, continue a little bit and then we do a short meditation and then we have sushi for you. Five more minutes. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do have sushi for you. I mean, the Hevre, the, 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 the Catherine and Alan and Yvette and everybody here was arranging sushi for everybody and we thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you again and again and again. So, there is one more point, and, and, then, and then maybe two more points. We have to shorten it. Okay. The, the last thing, the last thing, one and a half thing, is how quick you are when you do what you do. You know, it's normal not to be quick when you're supposed to be kind. And it's normal, you know, to be, to be uh, uh, fast, much quicker, when you want something for you. You know, it's big different when you're hungry, you go to the restaurant, you fast. When you're not hungry and you go to the restaurant, you're going to look. You look at the pickles, you look at that, you look at the pizza. You know, you're not so hungry. So you're scanning, you're just looking around. That's it. Midata's result, the concept of being zariz, the concept of being uh, fast when you're doing good things, it's required in our spiritual infrastructure. We need it. We need it in our life. The way you walk will tell all about you, the way you speak, the way you treat people. How fast you there to help them, make it all different. Helping a person is one thing. Look like you're helping a person is not so beautiful. If you start looking like the person who's helping everybody, it's an ego. You can help. Action. You just go and help fast, chick-chack, one, two, three, and it's happening. No big deal. Doesn't have to take a long time, and it's going very well. And I would like to end up with a story and then a short meditation. Okay. So there is a story with one person who was suffering. Business not working, relationship not working. So he go to the famous Baal Shem Tov. He go to the famous uh, Kabbalist named Baal Shem Tov and ask him, why? Why it's not working for me? Relationship, destruction. Business, eh, okay. Health, eh, okay. I'm lonely, nothing working in my life. What, what, what can I do to change it? I want teach me the Mishkan, teach me the infrastructure of that my muzzle, that my good luck will come back. So no problem. I'm sending you to a city. That's probably where the war takes place now, unfortunately. You know, I'm sending you to a city. It's called Mizebush. It's not far from Kiev, about five-hour drive. You go there. You go there, arrive, and you're going to look for uh, uh, a person by the name of Chaimke, Chaim, Chaim, and you give him the last name, and he will tell you all about what's the problem with your life. He was so happy. Baruch thank you so much for doing that. He's traveling now, very far. He's arriving to the city. He said, Hi, I'm here to look for Chaim Schmecklinger or something like that. Nobody knows, nobody knows. Going around, going from one place to another. Told me there is an old man. He knows everybody in this city. I go to the old man. I said, Do you know a guy named Chaim? I said, ah, this guy, he, he died a long time ago. I said, he died. I can't believe that my rabbi sent me to somebody who died a long time ago. So he said, and, and the old man continued talking and said, yeah, that man was bad. He was the definition of bad. 
He was the cheapest person I ever met. He didn't care about no. He was no good. He was bad. So, of course, he's coming back to this rabbi, going to the rabbi. Say, rabbi, how can you send me to, to a graveyard, like to watch over dead people? Nobody even knows that guy. Yeah. And he, the rabbi tell him, what did you find out about him? So he was bad. He was cheap. He was, he was evil. This guy was the worst. And you said that, that I would meet with him? He died 10 years ago. And he said, look at him. The barashat to look at him and say, well, last lifetime, that person was you. That's what's you. That's what's you. A lot of time, those of us who believe in reincarnation, a lot of time, we came here and sometimes things are not working. We need a lot of work, a true spiritual work on ourselves that things will be better. But that work requires patience, requires power, and serious. You've got to be very serious. If you think that your life is perfect and all what needs to happen for people to recognize how perfect you are, it's not going to get better. But if you think there's something missing about me, I'm not patient, I'm getting angry, I'm not seeing the good in people, and I want to change it, then we have to start. And that, that's, that's really the old Mishkan. That's really the old infrastructure of the Mishkan. That's what we built. So when you read the details on the, on the Pasha, the Adanim, the Krashim, everything that was built there, when it says Za'av, when it says Kesef, Kesef means silver, Kesef called Nechsafti, Nechsafti meaning I'm wishing, I'm desire. Everything has a, another code, another meaning. But we need to look for internal to see what is that I got to do. Before we go into a short meditation, just to summarize what we did, okay, in this short time, we start talking about building the infrastructure, different type of infrastructure that you got to build. We talk about your ability, what you're good at, what you're bad at. Make a list, please. Do yourself a favor. Make a list of what you're good at, what you're bad at. And then how do I use those two pillar of my personality, of my soul, to make my life better. Remember that, please. Also remember that the Zohar talked about this week, that the point is there is always enemy uh, that will come and disturb you from building it. So if in the middle you're building it, you have some doubts, you know you're fighting with someone. You're fighting with a force, and it's normal to fight it. Does that mean always you're going to win? No, you're not always going to win. Sometimes it's actually a good thing that it doesn't work, because it's never meant to work. So be happy. You know, some people, uh, after eight months of relationship with someone, it's not working. They look at each other and say, I cannot believe he left me. She left me with another man. He left me with another. Well, it meant that they will go away from your life. Right now you're in pain because you get used to them. You're addicted to them. You're not in love with them. There's a difference between a need and love or difference between addiction and falling in love. Love is a whole different thing. So remember that when you build your infrastructure, Remember, there is also something that's called reincarnation, like the story I just shared. Remember all those details I shared with you tonight, and make sure you do something about it, because your life can be so much better in all areas, but work is included. It's not coming for free. Yagata or Matsata Tamin, you work for it, you found it, then you shall believe. But if you don't work for it and it just happened to you, and you feel you're lucky, that's when your whole foundation is rotten. It's not working well. It's going to fall. It's going to fall. You need to build it up, and only you can build it. And it's sad sometimes, as I say, because we always want to dwell on other people. And when it's me, it's I'm the responsible, and I'm the only responsible. If your relationship is not working, make sure it will work. That's your infrastructure. If your issue with, with the neighbors, you have to fix it. you got to fix everything yourself. And sometimes you're not going to be successful in it. Sometimes you're not going to be successful, but that doesn't matter. The success is not the goal. The overcoming of that Samech Mem, what, what you write about, that's the goal. 
And remember, a tip that Rabbi Nachman Breslov is telling us, be more generous. You always can be more generous, and it's not always with money. Be more generous. There are some people that have generosity in their soul. It's not just writing a check. Writing a check is easy. You put the ink on a piece of paper, wow, I wrote a check. But giving things that not seem important, but they are important. A little thing. It could be a flower. A little flower you give, and it's okay. Small thing make a difference, guys, okay? So what I want you to do, I want you to think actually about the person for this short meditation that you're not into them. You know, those people in your life that you really... You love them and hate them in the same time. I don't know if you have people like this in your life. You hate yourself for not loving them enough, and you hate yourself that you still love them. You have a person like this in your life? Like you ask yourself, why do I even think about that person? He or she didn't do good to me. I don't want to. I don't want to think of them. I want to remove them from my my life. And every time you try to remove them from the, your life, it's coming back. And, and, and it makes you block your energy because we all have energy. So the point is, the way we deal with something like this, with that type of infrastructure of Mishkan, is we need to be able to give love. Don't worry, they will not know about it. So they will not hold it against you. You can give love. Eh, nobody needs to know. It's hidden. All what you have to do is to give them love. And when you give them love, there is a magic that will happen. If you meant to be together, connect again with them, they will come back into your life and they will text you and a phone call will happen this week. Not next week, this week. If they're not meant to be, you will feel like some type of relief that they will disappear from your life, never come back. And you will feel like, wow, it worked. So it's a win-win situation, okay? So what I ask you to do, if you're not feeling comfortable closing your eyes or meditate, keep your eyes open. So you don't have to do it with me. I'm just going to lead you the best way I can. Again, what is meditation? It's called Kabbalah. It's called Idbonenut. Idbonenut is meaning looking into something. Okay? So it's more called in English. You could call it guided meditation. Oh, thank you for that. So, why don't you focus on your breathing, Avir. As we know, Avir has the Yud within it that it make it all light. So you want to bring light to your breathing, to your nose, to your mouth. Focus on your breathing. Try, if you can, not to cross arm and leg because the energy flow in a certain way that you want to, if I will sit, I will put my hand like that or like that. And you want the energy to flow through your breathing. And if you can imagine color will be excellent and the color should be light green. So when you're breathing, do your nose, let green light coming into your heart. Those of you feel comfortable, you can put your two hands on your heart. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, it's okay. You can put it still on your knee. It's not a problem. If you decide to put it on your chest, you put the left hand first and then the right hand on top. You inhale and exhale as deep as you can, at least three times. And while you do that, I want you to think of that person's names. If you know their parents' name, think of their parents' name as well. Now what I want you to do, I want you to feel your releasing energy from your heart 
energy of love toward them. And don't worry, you're not losing anything. It's like lighting a candle with another candle and the first candle stays the same. Just give. Give them all the love you can give them. All the kindness, all the forgiveness. Don't be busy with details. Just give love. And when you give this love, feel like you're building a certain infrastructure that can be used for them or for you. Almost like a sh- small mishkan, a small tabernacle that has been built between two of you. That if one day they want to visit that building, they can go in, or you. Now I want you to go to another level. And try to imagine what will happen if you truly get along with them, that everything will work perfect between two of you. Can you give the love that you want to give now? Will it be more pure? Will it be more with the energy? If yes, then let the love go. Let your heart give the love that needs to be given. Inhale and exhale three times. Please, when you open your eyes, look for the person to your right or to your left, say thank you. Thank you, because the soul meant to be here tonight together, and we can connect together. Thank you so much for coming. We have sushi for you. We have some food for you, so don't leave. You can eat outside if you want, because the weather is nice, or you can eat here, whatever Debbie will uh, decide. So, are we taking the sushi out now? Yes, we are. Thank you.